Welcome to the If You Lead Them podcast, the show that is dedicated to helping you grow as a leader in both business and your personal life. Here is your host, Katie Barnett. Welcome today to If You Lead Them. I am so excited to have a good friend, an author, an incredible businessman, and business consultant and coach, W.T. Hamilton. He is a multi-time award-winning author. Like I said, he consults for businesses. He's an entrepreneur. He specializes in helping clients take million-dollar ideas, turn them into incredible products, services. He applies the principles of growth mindset and mindset for success strategies. He's written the book, Mindset for Success, as well as The Unfair Advantage. And he is just an exceptional human being. Uh, He speaks, he trains, and he has taken many businesses from ruin back to success. And I am ecstatic to have him here today to talk about leadership as he has done it. He's seen it. He studies it. And he is just an honor to have on the show. Let's go. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Thank you so much, WT, for joining us on If You Lead Them. I'm so excited to have you here with all of your expertise. WT is an author of how many books do you have? Uh, There's a few. I think like 13, something like that. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. And so what is what's coming next? Is it a big secret? Um, It's not a big secret. It's um, so we're doing two things, two projects. One, uh, we're doing second editions of a couple of the books that I co-wrote with my mom. And then I also have a new book coming out uh, called um, Exertam Actuality. And it's about manifestation and about, uh, you know, manifesting in the 3D world and in the universe, so kind of how you play around with those two things. I love it. Are you working on this one with your mom? No, this one is, is pretty much done, um, but it's, I'm releasing it in, uh, in February. So I have like, I have two series. I have a series that I do with my mom and then I have my own. So this is kind of just my own project. That's incredible. And so I, I'm, I'm dying to know, like, just out of my own curiosity, do you have like a theory when, like, regarding leadership in general? Of course, I have a theory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like a, a good leader is someone that wouldn't ask somebody to do something that they wouldn't do themselves. You have people in place to do it so that you don't have to do it but you you wouldn't expect someone to do something that you wouldn't do i think is, is a good leadership and also you have to really listen and collaborate like leader is not i have all the answers and you just have to listen to what i say leader is more like here's what i think we should do what do you think you should do because everybody has different talents and and perspectives so they might have a perspective that you don't even have that, that may be great for what you're trying to do. It might even enhance what you're trying to do if you if you listen and you know ask questions. Takes like a lot of self awareness and uh, 
like the ability to humble yourself, I would say, right? Which is the hard one. That's the hard one. Um, how do you feel about just in general? Sorry, I'm going off topic, but I, these are questions that I'm just dying kind of to like get answers from the great minds, those who are coaching leaders, those who are leaders, writing about leaderships, leadership. Um, what examples of great leadership do you see out there right now? Like, is there are there people that you would say in the public eye that are great examples of leadership? Um, so I watch a lot of uh, a lot of football, the NFL football, and that's really how I kind of learned how to become a a manager is watching how different coaches would manage. And so like Andy Reid for the Kansas City Chiefs is a is a good one. He really seems to collaborate with the players, collaborate. It doesn't matter where you are in the hierarchy of the organization. He'll listen, have his door open. And yeah, he makes the final decision, but it's based a lot on what are you, what are you seeing? What, what's your perspective? It could be in game or in practice or just in meetings. But I think that's a great example. But I also look at ex examples of people that aren't very good at leadership. Like one of the, the famous guys, I think, is Elon Musk. He doesn't seem to do, like he's a genius, but he doesn't seem to do well in uh, the leadership capacity. Like if you ever read about him, there's all, all kinds of um, people that he's worked with that you know, they really want to do a great job, but they find it very hard to, to work with him. So I, I think you have to have those two examples because you don't know if you're doing well unless you have some contrast. You have to be able to compare to both. That's such the struggle for me um, and why I was so eager to have a podcast that focused on leadership because someone like Elon Musk is so in the spotlight, right? And called a leader and, you know, what gives him that? And is it, you know, you can have a lot of money and a lot of power but does that make you a great leader? Obviously. And I think anybody would say no, but my big, like what I'm really trying to get at is do we need to like, does society need to change? It's like, do we need to raise the bar for leadership a little bit? And how do we do that? You know, and hopefully I, you know, my goal is for this podcast to be the one that tells everybody to like step it up and require more, but no, for real. I mean, do you think that within organizations, businesses, entrepreneurs, small business, large, all the places, do you feel like, and again, this is just my theory, that our bar is too low for what we expect from leaders and that a great leader is like almost, you know, you talk about Andy Reid and it's like an anomaly rather than what we see or are they just hidden in these small pockets? I, I do think that they're hidden. I think um, the smaller the business, a lot of times the, the better the, the leadership is. I think what the, the issue that we have, so anybody that's not in leadership, they have the leader on this pedestal and they think the leader should be perfect. The leader should have all the answers, be able to make all the decisions right away. And the leader really is just the, uh, the person that's kind of guiding everything and making the final decisions. But I think as, as people look at leaders, they expect them just to know everything. If they don't know something, they're not a good leader or they don't know what they're doing, but a leader shouldn't have all the answers. That's the job of the leader is to, find you know pull the best the best out of each person that's on the team by asking questions by listening 
and then looking at what's working, what's not working. Hey, this is the things we want to do. These are the things that aren't working. We need to tweak that. But you don't have to have all the answers. That That's bad leadership if, when you expect to have all the answers. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. So today we're, we're talking about a specific topic and I find it, it's interesting because when we started kind of chatting about it and you brought it up, mm-hmm. I, I had to look at my own leadership and go, oh, <laughs> I have a squirrel brain. So you suggested, you know, the importance of a leader being able to stay focused on the large goal. And I would just, I just want you to like riff it out for us, you know, mm-hmm. um, example and I know that we can pick examples in so many different areas, whether it's Elon Musk or the president of the United States or whatever's going on in Canada with you. Um, mm-hmm. What can happen when a leader cannot stay on task for its team and, and then really the importance of it? Well, a lot of, a lot of times we'll pick this uh, big, I call it Super Bowl goals. So this great big goal that you want to accomplish as a company or as an organization. And, Within that goal, there's all of these complementary things that can happen that seem like they're they're going in the same direction as that big goal, but a lot of times it's taking you in different directions. So one of the things I find is that first you have to have that that big goal that's going to take a lot of focus and energy, and then you got to break it down by quarter with the benchmarks that, that are going to get you there. So basically, where do you want to be fourth quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter, beginning of the third quarter? Where, where are you going to start? Really starting to map that out before you present it to your, your team. And, and then knowing these are the things that we're going to be measuring every, every you know, three, three, four weeks to see if we're tracking toward our first benchmark where we want to be the first quarter. A lot of times when you're doing that, you end up getting to your, your Super Bowl goal before the end of the year. And really, I mean, you want to, you want to be buying – by November, if you're starting in uh, January, by November, you want to have accomplished because, you know, December is time to celebrate and, and enjoy your success. But I think what, what, what happens is uh, you can get distracted by, you know, market changes, market demands change, um, customer demands change, and targets sometimes change because as you start to get success, instead of letting that success really build and unfold and manifest to the full manifestation you start to say okay now what's the next step or what's the next thing we can do we haven't finished this you know we got the super bowl goal we haven't finished that we're already starting to plan a whole another another aspect of it and then by doing that you, you start to confuse the people that are that are under you because they're trying to put all their attention on getting to this one big goal and if you start introducing too many other goals just because maybe there's opportunities that you don't want to let pass by because you you think for some reason that opportunity is never going to come back. You don't take it right now. You end up with too many things on your plate. And, and that's where people start to get indecisive because they're not sure which goal are we working on still, boss? You know, which way are we trying to go? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I feel like right now we've got a pretty scary economy. Yeah. And leaders, no matter what realm... Um, you know, it's easy to start second guessing that big goal and just kind of panic, panic grabbing at these smaller things. 
So how, what do you say for a leader who, you know, has a team, things are questionable in the economy and, you know, whether it's corporate or whatnot, the goal seems more difficult than it did. What do you think, like, what should be the plan for a leader who realizes like, this is going to be harder than we thought. And we're in that last quarter. How do I stay focused, keep the team together, but not go in 800 different directions? It, it really depends on how you've, you've set up yourself to get to that, that fourth quarter. Um, it could be a, a, a matter of, you know, you're looking at your financials and you got to skinny your team. And you got to make some hard decisions on skinning your team to be able to to get to that that final step, which is you know it really sucks. It's it's one of the worst things that you have to do. And and the later on in the year, the harder it gets to do that because you know you're you're coming up on uh, Thanksgiving and you know Christmas is right around the corner after that. It's that's one of the worst times to have to make those decisions. That's why when you're measuring, like if you're already at that point now, you got to make some hard decisions. But that's why we measure. From the beginning of the year and kind of see the trend and start to make those adjustments earlier so that even if you have to skinny down you want to be skinny down by september so that you can keep that core team together but it's really in um trying to find confidence in the small wins and understanding that uh if, if you have to run at a, a loss at any point in time can you finance that um, how are you going to navigate through that because if you can hold that team and maybe you take a loss for a month or, or so, and then you can gain those those incomes back, but keep that team together. That's the best scenario for you. But you really have to be realistic with yourself of, you know, am I going to sink this whole thing to save one or two people? Or how do, how do I deal with it? What are the hard decisions I have to make? And how am I going to make those hard decisions? Your website should be a marketing asset, not an engineering challenge. Empowering everyone from independent designers to whole marketing teams, Webflow combines the power of HTML, CSS, and JavaScript and places them all in a completely visual canvas. Trusted by companies like Lattice and Discord, it changes the way marketers, designers, and engineers create for the web. Now you can build the site you want without the dev time. Start building for free at webflow.com. So what would you say the importance, like as far as transparency, because we transparent leadership is beautiful. We know that it breeds trust. Is there such thing as too much transparency? Do you bring team into these decisions? Is it something that a leader needs to just like be strong and make the decisions themselves and stand by them? Like, I'm really curious your thoughts on that. So it really depends on <clears throat> what you're doing, but I think you need to have like basically an executive team within your team and the executive team might be one or two people beside yourself. Those are the people that you really sit down and say, okay, here's, here's where we're at. Um, we, we can do this cuts in you know, expenses, cuts in manpower, whatever we need to do. What, how do we navigate that? What, what can we do? What's that going to look like once we do that and how, how, um, you know, how do we keep the rest of the team together? But I don't think when you're at that point, you should be doing that by yourself. You need to have at least, I would say, at least two people on your executive team. And those are the people that are going to be there even if the ship, ship is sinking and they're going to be bailing water with you. And, and those are the people that you're going to build it back up with if, if, the ship, if the ship sinks. 
So I'm going to bring this up and it's kind of funny. I hadn't not exactly planned to, but um, a couple years ago, did you see the video that went viral of the CEO who on the, on the zoom announced to all 900 employees that like, if you were on the zoom, you're, you're now fired. Yeah. Yeah. That was brutal. Uh, so, I mean, so many thoughts, right? And so I'm, I'm looking at that and thinking about the situation that I think a lot of companies and businesses and, you know, leaders are kind of finding themselves in today. I know I work with a few companies that are trying to just navigate this, you know, um, and first of all, your thoughts on that leadership move. And second, you know, the shock that would come from 900 people and just being on that call and being told. So I wonder, there must not have been any transparency. And is it safe, do you feel, to even allude to the struggles that the company may be having and the future of potential layoffs? I think, like I said, depending on the business, but I think most businesses, you already see when, when things are slow. You see when the, the revenues are slowing down. Everybody's kind of gearing up, trying to see what they can do to, to help keep things moving. But you know in the back of your head whether the company you're working for is doing really well or if it's not doing really well. So it's not like people are shocked. They might be shocked that it's them, right, that they're in that group that's, not, that's uh, expendable. But everybody knows when things are starting to slow down that that possibility is coming. And, and so I think you, you can be, I wouldn't be fully transparent because you don't want to freak people out. Because sometimes, you know, you're just one phone call away from your business booming again. So you, you don't, you don't want to make that mistake. I've been in the companies where they laid everybody off, like a, a, a good core of the people. And then that would, that was a, it was actually on a Thursday, I think it was. And by Monday, they were trying to call people back. People didn't want to come back. Some of the people were pissed. The other people, they wanted the, the time off. So it, it makes it very hard to cut people and, and then try to get them back because you jumped the gun. So you, you don't want to be completely transparent, but you have to have some transparency where you know, you're kind of preparing them. You know, things are, are slow. So we had a slow quarter or we had a slow month. Um, we we're looking at doing this and this. But just give people a heads up. You know, we're going into into November, December. I'm not sure uh, how how business is going to be. We're, we're kind of kind of getting mixed a mixed feel of the market. By doing that, at least you're preparing people so they're not shocked. They're not just coming on a Zoom thinking they're they're announcing something great and then finding out, oh, you don't work here anymore. If, if you're on this Zoom, if you hear my voice, uh, you know what? Pack up your computer and go home. It's like a really good reason for nobody to ever get on another Zoom call ever, right? Especially with that guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no, that was, I. what I really loved is how he was like trying to get sympathy. I'm going to try really hard not to cry. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh man. Um. Okay, so I what, what like I feel like we've kind of come around to mm -hmm. is through having mm -hmm the big goal that's clear and, you know, shared with the team. And there are these, you know, breakdowns by quarter and these mini goals to meet within that big plan and being able to stay focused, 
being able to kind of touch base and say, here's where we're at right now. That allows for kind of that transparency mm -hmm. for people to really see like kind of where they're at. Right. How much do you think that it encourages, um, I don't want to say buy-in, but just participation and hard work from a group when, you know, this way of lead leading and staying focused and breaking down the goal into smaller pieces to be able to really like evaluate and share where we're at, like how much do you feel like that improves the participation and just like the work ethic of those within a team so if you're if you're meeting with your team weekly or bi-weekly and you're looking at here's here's the targets here's a little benchmarks here's the the wins here's the the struggles that we're running into if you're doing that they feel like they're part of the solution so if you're doing that on a consistent basis whenever you get to your your big quarterly meetings or your your, your bi-yearly meeting whatever it is that you're doing because they feel like they're part of the solution, they also feel like they have um, say in how to fix any any problems or how to how to tackle a challenge. But if you're not if you're not including them in in those little steps in those meetings and you're not making them a part of the whole thing and you're just giving them orders, that's that's when there's no buy-in. Everybody has to feel like they they matter and they have a, they're part of the solution. Like they're important. The reason why we, we got to where we're at right now is because of all the things that you've helped do as well. I couldn't agree more. I I just want to ask kind of on an, a side topic, but I always feel like it's a decent, fun way to kind of end these kinds of talks. Um, if somebody is needing, you know, whether they're in leadership, planning to go into leadership, I want to say that they're in leadership, right? But they need... Mm -hmm a boost. They need something to re-inspire them. Where would you, what resources, what people, what books, what, what would you tell them would be the first step into like, you know, is there something that you feel has been most inspiring to you as far as leadership is concerned? Um, do you have anything for us to check out? You know, what, what, what is it? What are those things that you feel are best for leaders to do when they just need to like, check back in with who they are and what they want to do well, i always tell people like to get off your island you know, go out and network and see what other other leaders are running into because you're going to find that your situation is not unique your challenges aren't unique that everybody in leadership has either dealt with that or dealing with it right now so the more that you can network with people and and in, in a you know in like a business environment and there's a lot of of networking groups that you can find either online or in person where just to hear other people's stories like like these podcasts are great when you hear other people's stories and how they navigated through through that type of stuff makes you feel like okay i'm not on an island uh, i am good at this i know what i'm doing i'm running into some some issues but people have have solved this before businesses don't just fall apart just because it gets tough or because you know, there's the market has changed and it's economic turmoil. So like you look at <clears throat> when I navigated through a bunch of this stuff in 2008, like companies were closing up, they were going into receivership and we had to do a lot of, a lot of uh, fancy managing to get through that. So it's something that you can, you can find resources for. There's, there's books, there's um, 
videos you can watch. But I think the biggest thing is getting in a networking group where you can actually talk to other people that are going through that or have navigated through that and what worked for them and, and what things to avoid. 100%. And you get inspiration. You can gain inspiration from the most unexpected places, I feel like. Um, just even just a small conversation where you are connecting. And then, like you said, you don't feel alone. I'm as we like did that. And I know that we're closing up and it's kind of ass backwards to uh, bring this up. But I, I just would love because this is a new audience. And I would love for you to just like long and short of your story and how you went from corporate came from corporate into the amazing inspiration, author, everything that you're doing now. Cause I know that that, um, I don't know, it's inspiration in, of a, in and of itself. And, um, in this world, I think it's, it's just, I don't know, really fascinating. And it would be helpful for everyone to know a little bit about your background. So I, I mean, I, I was in a job that I really loved. There's a big manager at this company and, um, when 2008 happened, the, the market crashed. And the bank started calling in loans and they called in our loan and basically our inventory wasn't, it was overvalued, so we couldn't cover the loan. So the, basically the business went into receivership and, uh, and then a new company came, investors came to buy it and they hired me and a few other guys to, to, to build it back up. And so from that, I, I got into sales and I, I learned a lot more about um, managing on the corporate level. And I would have to go to board meetings and, and um, present to them, you know, our forecast and what we were doing and all of that type of stuff. And then we really rebuilt that company up and got it to where it was sellable. But at the same time, another company wanted me to come work for them, but as a consultant. So that's how I got into business consulting. And then I was at the same time writing books about using a mindset and using focused thought to, you know, achieve your goals and manifest your goals. And then people started asking me about, well, what about the business side? Because you're doing all kinds of stuff in the business side. They started writing business books about using your mindset for business. That, that's that's the, the short um, snapshot of my my story of so starting out with, in a crisis where I had a good leader, but just wasn't good with managing all the finances and then learning how to actually do that, learning from the mistakes they made and then learning from uh, watching other people knew how to do it. And that's, that's really how I, I grew to where I am now. As far as services that you offer, are you still consulting with businesses? Are you, do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching? What kind of services do you offer? Are we waiting for some big announcement next year? So I do, uh, I do uh, consulting still. I, I do, um, I do direct sales for a company and I also do management consulting for them. I coach their managers. Um, I'm currently not doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching. I mean, if, if, if the opportunity is right, but I, uh, I stay away from a lot of the one-on-one -on -one coaching because it takes up a, a lot of time, but um, I am uh, getting ready to put together some more programs to, to help people. And those would probably be group sessions where you would sign up and do uh, monthly group sessions. And then I, I have new books coming out as well. Well, I can't wait. Thank you so much. I love your perspective on everything. And I always love getting to talk with you. I know that I'll be talking to you again soon. And I cannot thank you enough for coming and sharing all of your expertise on if you lead them. Thank you so much, W.T. Hamilton. And thank you, Katie, for having me. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the If You Lead Them podcast. 
If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star review and comment on whatever audio podcast platform you're using. This has been a production of Leon Media Network. For more from our show, visit us at leonmedianetwork.com.